You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Do you want to know the name of my fantasy football team? I do want to know the name of your fantasy football team. Um, Murica's Noble Muppets. <laughs> Where did the noble come from? I can pick up the other pieces of this. I was just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, did, I I wanted to do something like, so, uh, um, gosh, what's his name? The, uh, Sam the Eagle and the Muppets is my little picture and he's always, you know, highbrow and I'm more noble than everything else. And yeah. Anyway. So that's where it came from. from I'm trying to decide whether I'm surprised by that. Like when you said it, there's a piece of me that's like, huh. And the other part of me that's like, yeah, that sounds, that's Jason's fantasy football team name. Yeah. You seem like the kind of guy that would have had like the same name every year for like decades of fantasy football. So you nailed it. So I would pick a name. So we started 91 playing this. And I'd pick a name and I'd stick with that name until I won. (laughs) And then when I would win, I would change names. Wow. And then stick with that name until I won. So since 1991, I've changed my name three times. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, I want to say hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato podcast. My name is David Laws. I'm joined again by my friend Jason Goings, who's the pastor of Preaching and Vision here at Grace. Jason, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. <laughs> glad, glad to join. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start off with uh, mixing it up. Tell me, uh, just tell me something that was exciting for you this week, something that uh, was just encouraging or exciting or got your spirits up. So Kelly's aunt um, died, went to heaven, and we went to her service. She joined her husband, who went to be with Jesus two years earlier. Um, And in this service, I was reminded again that she and her husband served Sixth graders, they ran the and led and taught sixth grade Sunday school for 40 years. Wow. That's crazy. That is beyond and a they, calling. That they is... have buildings named after them as educators in Pasadena, principals and you know administrators, and they chose on Sunday mornings to teach and shepherd sixth grade kids. Wow. First of all, there's not many people that have served in any ministry capacity for 40 years, but to serve in that ministry capacity is like a uniquely it's amazing, amazing yeah. thing. It's it's really one of those things that when I heard it again, I was just like, how in the world? That's just, yeah, that's heroic. I worked with that age group, just a little bit older than that, like seventh and eighth graders when I was like just out of college. And I did that for two years and felt like I had survived <laughs> something. Dog something years mass- was like, yeah. <laughs> it was, so. Yeah, there's there's junior high years, you know, it's like. Well, and, and so it's it's Frank Braden and Pat Braden is their names. And, and if you knew them, they just simply loved children. I mean, it just loved them. So. Well, that's awesome. Well, what a great note to start us yeah. off on. Uh, well, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, you haven't uh, listened to the Grace Slato podcast before, once you know that we do this podcast each week so that you would come away loving God's Word more and just have an idea how you can take it and apply it to your daily life. And so this week, we're going to be looking at our life verse, which is from Psalm 65, verse 5, and it says this, "'By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness.'" O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, 
So, Jason, I'm excited to be in the Psalms this week. Uh, there's just, I don't know, there's something just uniquely um, emotive about the Psalms. I mean, we're reading them and studying them, so I'm, I'm really excited to di- dive in. But, you know, like always, I like to get a little bit of a context, big picture idea of what's happening in this passage. So maybe you can just start off by, by telling us what's going on here in Psalm 65. Yeah, so we shouldn't ever really move past the reality that these Psalms are Psalms. They're songs that were written to be sung, to be rejoiced. And some of them are melancholy. Some of them are down, down, you know, expressions of people who are downcast. Spurgeon says about this one Psalm in Psalm 90, uh, 65. Yeah. He says, uh, that this is one of the most delightful hymns in any language to be sung. Like this is a, one of his favorites. And so it's a song of God's grace. It appears to be written after some sort of violent rebellion has been hushed or squashed and the enemies have sort of sub- been subdued in some way. And and this is the response to that. Yeah, so. I had no idea Spurgeon wrote that. When I was studying this, though, I kind of had a similar feeling about it. I was like, I was thinking to myself, man, if someone was hungry, like they were in that kind of desert place of their spiritual journey where maybe they'd just been trudging along kind of lifeless and or uh, or they were just struggling or suffering, you know, any of those scenarios, I was like, man, what a life-giving piece of scripture to come across, you know, like, or someone I had never read God's word before. And all of a sudden you see these texts, just like how celebratory uh, it is. So that's, that's really interesting that Spurgeon said that. I had no idea. Yeah. And his, in the subtitle, like in my ESV Bible here is a subtitle of the chapter says, Oh God of our salvation. So like you said, if somebody's really walking through the desert and they need something to live. And this is why life verses, this is why we encourage people to memorize the Bible because you don't know when you're going to find yourself in that valley. And all of a sudden God will use this kind of verse to come up and say, Oh God, you are the God of my salvation. You know, yeah. meaning you're the one who saves, you're the one who hears. You're the, yeah. So. And the psalmist sets the tone really clearly in the very first line. I mean, he says, praise is due to you. Oh God. You know, he, he says, Hey, you deserve praise. So you know that what's coming is going to be kind of this overflowing of praise and celebration and worship. Uh, but when you kind of put the microscope on it and start looking at it more carefully, how do you see this uh, passage fitting together? Some might want to uh, memorize this passage using the CSB translation, which kind of flows a little more like the way we would say it. And the way the CSB puts it is, you answer us in righteousness with all inspiring works. God of our salvation, you're the hope of all the ends of the earth, of the distant seas. And so so the way that this verse breaks down, there are four things the psalmist is praising God for, and that's just in this one verse. So the whole chapter is full of it. But the first thing he's praising God for is that God listens and answers. You answer us. We. It, it's inspiring. It should be inspiring to us to know that he is a God who has ears to hear us, like he wants to hear us. And he is a God who not only wants to hear us, but he's He's deliberately and intentional longing to answer us. He doesn't want us to leave him with questions. But, but anyway. Well, and I like that you, you made the distinction between those two things of listening and responding because— I think most religions would not be surprised if about this idea of God hearing our prayers, that you say things to God, you give him requests, or you say certain things, but it is a much, much more rare idea 
that God would respond to you. Uh, I, I remember when we were living overseas and we would have conversations with people of different faiths and um, and when they asked, why are you here? Sometimes I would respond something along the lines of, uh, well, I was talking with God over a, a series of time and he eventually told us that we should come here. And just that concept that we were having this, this somewhat of a conversation with God, a dialogue with God, that he would both hear what we say and respond, that was a pretty foreign concept to them. And maybe that was just regional for where we were, but that's that's such a beautiful truth that God doesn't just hear it, but he's actually present and wants to speak and, and uh, that we can listen to him. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned, and I know we'll get to this a little later, thankfully, I mean, possibly, but um, when you and Jerry went to Somaliland with Bucket, that there would be a request made to y'all. And the response y'all would give is, well, we'll go to our God and we'll ask him. Yeah. Giving the impression to these um, these people, we go to our God who will hear us and will answer us. And whatever the answer is, we'll let you know. But there's something beautiful about that. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's the first thing here that we praise God for. And we should praise God. Every morning we should praise God and thank him just for listening to us and answering us. But the verse goes on to say he doesn't just hear and answer. He answers with awesome deeds. The CSB says all inspiring works. I love that. Uh, I know in my time uh, coming out here, the risk that we were taking, what we were moving away from and coming out here to be a part of this work that God was doing in Salado, I needed the all-inspiring answers to keep going. Like there were times like, ah, Lord, I know you're hearing me. I know you're going to answer me. But when he answered, he answered it with exclamation points. Like it was like, yes, I'm affirming this. I'm moving forward. Yeah. And in the awesome deeds, it, it's involved in, it also says in righteousness, meaning not only are they all inspiring, but that means that when he answers us, he, he's answering with pure motives, healthy motives from a healthy place. Um, and, and with something that's the, for the most good. That's what righteous, like, that's a righteous answer. Yeah. So. Well, and I like, I, I really prefer that term awe-inspiring over awesome, because I think that word awesome has just yeah. lost its weight. I mean, the word itself is great, but the way we've just kind of used it in our vernacular, it, it I don't feel like it has that weightiness to it, but that awe-inspiring deeds. I mean, I know we're in a season recently and kind of still in it where we've been trying to figure out our housing situation, and, and I was actually praying for kind of these specific things, like God would you help us not just to like figure out a way that, you know, to survive for X number of years, but would you really do something shocking? Like do something where we can look at and say, this is so much bigger than just, you know, us. Like we, God clearly stepped in and intervened. And I want this to be a testimony to people when we look back and say, man, we cried out to God and he did something incredible in the, in his provision here. And, and uh, man, that's just, that's our, I know there's a lot of those moments throughout our story and a lot of your story where God really stepped in and did something amazing. And some, it, it doesn't say he always does it that right, way. Right. Now he, he does always answer in righteousness, but, but, um, but yeah, when he does answer with these awesome deeds and these awe-inspiring works, it's. And I don't want to jump out of order, but I had, I mean, the, Going along with that idea, there was a very specific purpose that the text gives us as to why he was doing these deeds. It wasn't just for people to feel good or be more comfortable, but he had a really—so I'll, I'll just put that in as a teaser or something that's uh, that's going to come up. In a... 
Uh, well, no, no, I, I think it's, go ahead to, it's good to say that, that he answers, it says that he is the hope to the ends of the earth. Um, and, and I love that because it's not just that he's answering this for us, but, in, but we are actually, like God answers our, our prayers as part of the, the bigger narrative, as part of his missional agenda for, to the ends of the earth. And now it might feel like a little ripple here with our little house or our little Slato ministry or whatever, but there are ripple effects that he is working yeah. for the bigger pictures. Well, yeah, and since you jumped into it, you know, like the, what, what I saw when I was looking at it was the, this connection between verse 5, which is our life verse, and a few verses later, verse 8. And because verse 5 says, By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. So you see this zooming out of what's happening small to what's happening macro. And you tie it in with verse 8, and it says, so that, so there's this, this passage of God's amazing, his strength is established, and all these great things, he stills the roaring seas, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. So he does these awe-inspiring things, so that people at the ends of the earth are in awe, you know, and, and I just love how the, I almost picture like a, a, a movie camera that just zooms all the way out to where you see the entire globe. And it's full of these people in small tribes in Papua New Guinea and people in large cities in India and out in the West where they're filled with people that are in awe at God. And I just I love this concept of what God does. It always has this macro implication to it. Of it yeah. never stays still. It always it always has part of a bigger grand redemption plan. It's specific to us. But the agenda is bigger, right? And it's for those, and we hear this all the time. Of, well, what about the person in the wilderness who's never heard? Well, we can say this psalm is telling us pray in such a way that God will answer in a way that the ripple effects will even reach them. Yeah. Do Do you pray that way? Do we pray that way? That that God would make our answers, our requests, as part of His bigger story. Yeah. Man, that's cool. Well, and just this idea, like, this isn't just a general, like, butterfly effect conversation. Like, oh, a little thing here can have implications over here, you know? But what what it's saying here is that every every single thing, every little puzzle piece that God is moving around, it is part of this plan to get people all over the globe in awe of who he is, you know, and trusting in Christ. So I just, I love the way this this passage pulls all that together, which happens a lot in Psalm. If you, if you really read it, there's this worship, there's this praise, and then it turns into that overflowing into all the nations. Well, it's, it's the message of the whole Bible. Right. All of scriptures. It's a, and, right. So, and so, yeah, what does God do with that knowledge and praise of him that goes all over the world? Well, he saves us. And so that's the other part of this is that he is bringing salvation all over the world. And the writer of this psalm is praising him that he, he God hears us, he answers us. Right in this situation, he's they're praising God for answering him dramatically to the point that it's reaching the nations and bringing salvation. It's all it's beautiful. It's yeah. a, it's a great great life verse. So when please we, please memorize it. Everyone who's listened, <laughs> this is a great one to hold on. Learn to. this one. And I am going to even cheat and say throw in verse 8 as well. Like just yeah, keep yeah, it all in, in picture. But so when we take this whole passage and then we say well, what do we do with it? And you know, how do you how do you make that bridge from what we're learning to what we are what our bodies are doing in response to that? What would what are some of the things that come to your mind as you think about that? Well, like like this one. I I think so if we're being made aware of these things about God, 
How might this affect the way I pray? How might it affect the way I live? So think about it. how would this affect the way we pray? Just if you break them down one at a time. Okay, I'm learning, I'm memorizing, I'm celebrating this verse that says he's willing to hear and answer me. Well, one way to apply that is who is safer and more available for me to run to? He's ready to hear me. So go to him. And um, I would even add to that, like, and listen. Yeah. Because I think it's a common practice for people to pray to God, mm. but I think it's a less common practice for people to listen, to actually build into their time mm. with him a time of stillness and a time of listening and just saying, God, mm. I've read your word. I'm here. I'm, I just want to hear what you have to say. And if you, would, if you have anything, I'm, I'm listening. And yeah. actually be silent. I, I think God really uses those times. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, run to him. Go to him. He's willing. Come sit in his lap, like yeah. spend time. Well, I interrupted you. What are, what are some of the other thoughts that you well, had? Well, you know, and the, another part of this is so he's not only willing to hear and answer, but he has a desire to answer and, and, and answer righteously and answer bigly. Um, so who's going to give us a better answer? Like instead of, so not only does he want us to come sit with him and be still with him and talk to him, but he's also the one who can answer everything we bring to him. And then the other part of that is who's going to stop him from answering us and how does he want to answer it? Well, he wants to make it known all over the world. So I think there's a lot of ways that this should affect our prayer life that when I go to pray about something for my daughter or my son, whether it be relationships that they're in or scholastic goals, am I praying that God would use that answer for my daughter for the ends of the world. Like yeah. it, when I was thinking about this life verse this morning, when I was praying in my devotional time, all of a sudden it, re, I had to be reminded in everything I was praying and God, whatever your purpose is for the ends of the earth, like answer it. And it, it actually, for applying this, it puts me in a very submissive yeah. and receptive place yeah. in whatever his answer is. Yeah. I think you nailed it. I, Cause when I was thinking of the same question of like, what is it? What does it look like to apply it? The first thought I had was exactly what verse 1 said, praise, like praise is due his name. So obviously, as we meditate on these things, being really intentional about thinking about these truths and letting that turn into praise. Uh, But the second thing I I was thinking, I, I couldn't really figure out how to put it into words, but it was kind of that same thought that you had, which is, there's something humbling about it. There's something that kind of is gratitude inducing about it. Like, wow, God, thank you that your work is so much bigger than what I'm seeing right in front of my eyes. Like you're doing amazing things. You've always done amazing things and amazing things are happening. That I have no clue about all throughout the earth right now. There's like this global work being done and I know I get to play some kind of part in it. And so both this like humbling dynamic of, okay, there's, I, I, there's a lot more happening that I can see right in front of my two eyes um, but also this, like, crying out to God in that moment, too, of, like, God, continue that work. Let me be a part of that work. Let me see that work and be conscious of that work, you know? And, like, that, those were kind of the thoughts spinning around in my head, and I couldn't really figure out how to articulate it, but I think you kind of nailed it just by talking about that humbling effect. Yeah, and, and, and just to go, like, how does it reach the ends of the earth? Well, we talk about it. That's what the psalmist is doing. They are recording what God did and telling others. So when God answers our prayer, we are remembering that it's his big plan. We're submitting and humbling ourselves to whatever his answer is. And then we're letting people know about the answer, like take it public, go public with, here's what God did. I have to do better about that. I need to, we have so many ways that God's answered prayers 
that should be part of our conversations, you know, with our staff, with elder meetings, instead of like thinking, okay, what's the next issue? What's the next problem? Well, no, let's yeah. pause. Let's reflect on how, okay, God answered this. So what is he doing in the big picture? Who should we tell? What mm. should we, you know, so. That's awesome. And it even makes me think like, man, we just had that moment at like communally as a church just a couple mm. weeks ago, you know, when yeah. we were saying, hey, look what God has done. I mean, he's given us opportunities to be involved with his work among the nations. He's given us involved uh, opportunity to be involved with his his work here in, in uh, not just Bell County, but now Williamson County in the near future. And, and so it. Well, and going back to your initial question, at some point, somebody prayed for somebody to teach sixth grade, sixth graders. Mm-hmm. How many sixth graders did that answer prayer affect? Like how many people were blessed, sent out? And even now this podcast, somebody may have heard that and said, oh, 40 years of sixth grade. Okay, I could do one year. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, the ripple effect of God's answering yeah. is like it should be celebrated more than we're doing it probably. So That's awesome. Well, I would love to end right there because I feel like that's such a good summary of everything we've been talking about. Uh, and so thank you for listening to the Grace Little podcast this week. We hope that it spurred you on in your love for Jesus, your love for people. Uh, and we'll see you next week for our discussion on Psalm 70, verse 4.